Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next events. Today, you'll have the opportunity to learn from Adrienne Gordon, founder of Practical Insight, LLC, and also the founder of the BEOS Network, as well as the chair of BeLocal Asheville. With over 20 years of business experience in operations and HR leadership roles, Adrienne is a true advocate for mission-driven companies seeking a measurable, sustainable path to success. Having recently launched her own fractional COO and consulting company, Practical Insight, which is already a pending B Corp, Adrienne's journey is as inspiring as it is impactful. In part one of our conversation with Adrienne, we delve into her remarkable trajectory, exploring her role in building community, merging EOS principles with B Corp values, and embracing authentic leadership. Join us as we uncover the insights and experiences that have shaped Adrienne's unique approach to both leadership and business. And so that you don't miss part two of our conversation, be sure to subscribe to the Be The Change Georgia podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And now, enjoy part one of our conversation with Adrienne Gordon. Adrienne Gordon, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you um, and so excited, so excited to share one of our conversations with the world. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Let's talk B Corps. Um, no, we promise we're going to talk about more than just B Corps, but it's hard for Adrian and I, um, which you'll figure out why as we get into this conversation. So ripping that Band-Aid right off, uh, your involvement in starting your B Local chapter and a B Network, which we have that in common, definitely showcases your rich experience in community building. So I would love for you to kind of share how those experiences have shaped your perspective on leaderships. Mm-hmm. And the values that underpin your approach, because I know for me, that was kind of my first foray into uh, leadership and mm-hmm. everything that came with it. So I was fortunate in that my first sort of coalition building leadership experience was actually in college with um, a community group. I sort of fell into leading the Gay Straight Alliance in my college. Um, the person who was supposed to lead it didn't come back to school that fall semester. And I found out just a few days before, and it was like, if no one takes this role, it's going to go away. And so I was sort of thrust into that, not quite sure I was ready. And I learned very quickly to ask for help and to get people's perspectives, even people who weren't coming to the meetings of this group, weren't participating, but who I knew had interest or who had experience that was valuable. I had great conversations with like the head of advancement, which is fundraising in the college world about How do you connect with people? How do you find out what they really want? How do you get past what they say they want, but aren't willing to actually help you do? Um, So I got some really good help uh, early on in college. Um, And then Be Local Asheville 
there was already a committed, very small, but committed group of B Corps in Asheville who had been meeting and they were called the B Corp Network and they wanted to grow it. And then as a couple of other companies got certified, the idea of B Locals, just like when B Local Georgia started, it was this new opportunity to create these formalized B Corp communities. And so we decided to go ahead and launch a B Local chapter. And as you know, Nathan, one of my superpowers is organizing and kind of getting structures in place. And so started doing some of that and was asked to kind of lead the first um, couple of years of Be Local Asheville. So did that, been in some other leadership roles, back in a chair role with that now. The BEOS network came about for a different reason. I was really looking for community. I was in a B Corp that also ran on EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, and I loved the B Corp values and I liked some of the pieces and structures and tools of EOS. And I thought other people have to be doing both. And so at a champion's retreat in 2018, I put up a card on the actual physical cork board going back a little ways um, with the asks and offers. And I was looking for other companies who were doing EOS. I got one card. And I was like, really? <laughs> who was it? There have who to be more it? of us. <laughs> Who, who was it? Do you remember? It was Pixel Spoke. Um, oh. Yeah. And I was like, really? And it, it helped me realize it was going to be hard because it's an internal operating system. It's not something you talk about. It's like, yeah, we use Salesforce. It's like, who talks about that? Right. It's like an internal system. And so I started asking people um, and sort of looking around and it took me four years, but I finally found a community enough that we started meeting. We were unofficial and then BLOG recognized us as a network um, last fall, so fall of 2022. And now we've got over 50 companies in the U.S. Um, that are signed on to the network. And it rotates who's there, but we use the EOS tools aligned with B Corp principles and values. So I kind of needed the community, so I just went out and found it. Like, I just kept at it until I found it. So That's so funny, too, because Pixel spoke. That's Cam Medill, right? Yep. And who started the... First Be Local Portland, PDX, Cam Medill. And he sort so. of like put the whole Be Local handbook and how do you start a Be Local. So it made sense to me when I found out that they ran on EOS because he was like, okay, we need a playbook. And I was like, now I understand. <laughs> I love Cam. I actually went to Portland in 2019 to run a, a half. And let's just say the night before I got a little out of hand. So I unregistered and ran the 10K instead. Um, so I was like, well, I don't want to run a half. Um, so, but yeah, so Cam and I met, uh, when, when I was out there and we walked around and that was right when I was, you were getting B local Asheville off the ground. I was getting B local Georgia off the ground and just picked his brain for two hours. Love that guy. Amazing. Yeah. Man. Cameron is um, such a resource, both, you know, for B locals and, and the community at large. Um, and now his company is really replicating that and some of the work they're doing. So. Yeah, no, amazing human. And it's funny that we were both starting all these things at the same time and we didn't know each other yet. Because 2018 yeah. is when I came back and started the B Culture Call. Yep. And we didn't really meet until Hollywood. Well, we knew each other before then, but then we got to hang out in Hollywood in all my yep. glory. That's so, right, because we had walking, the same experience. Walking you back to an Airbnb, we just, <laughs> you had to, you had Jake Mosley and I as your security guard, so it was great. <laughs> Well, you and I had the same um, experience at 2018 Champions Retreat of realizing there was this hole in the Southeast. 
right? They were asking for mm-hmm. people, you know, from the region, because it was in New Orleans, to sort of stand up. And I remember also, you and I, look, we were sort of in the same half of the room. And then when I saw you the next year, I was like, you were there, right? And we talked about the need, you know, to build this community, not just in, you know, in Asheville, you know, in the Triangle of North Carolina, in Georgia, in Florida, where it already was, but there were these pockets. And that's how we ended up working together on the builds, Build Southeast. Look at us now. How many B Corps did you have when you started Asheville? Just asking for a competitive friend. Um, um, we had seven, um, and now we're up to thirteen. Nice. So, and it's funny because we've I've had some larger companies go through, and it took them a long time. I've so. used y'all as an aspirational target because I cheat because I have Atlanta, so and be local Georgia. But like, I've used, I've jokingly at events in athens for be local georgia i've said that our goal is to become the Asheville of the south so uh and we now have i think we have six now in athens which is crazy we had zero when i started this and so well i think it's highly yeah, it was the same the for our you know, b corps in Asheville for a long time um they would meet and would try to support each other and then we had some other folks um get certified and we sort of got on this trend and decided to form but it's growing slowly, but surely. It's it's fun. Um, and then you you have um, I guess taken it back to EOS. So, and you you had a good joke in one of the one of our planning calls about uh, how much I love organization, how good I am at it, um, which is why I always involve you if there's a project and I can involve you with it. So, the big thing with EOS though is that it provides a clear structure for organizational success. It's mm-hmm. it's priorita- prioritization, workload balance, those types of things. So, how have you blended your EOS principles with the ethos of of coalition building? Um, I mean, even even with Be Local Asheville, like giving it that playbook, and versus me, where I've been much more of the winging it and carrying it uphill in the snow both ways to school uh, mentality. <laughs> Well, you're a classic visionary and I'm a classic integrator. So we're going to address the same thing from two completely different angles. So if people were sort of plotting out the history of Be Local Georgia versus Be Local Asheville and just sort of how we've done things, they've both grown. They're both, you know, very active and involved in the community and active nationally. But it'd be really funny to see how differently we did it. So the thing with EOS is it's it's a structure, you know, it's sort of like the foundation and walls of a house. What you do with it really depends. I mean, are you building a beach house? Are you building one of Dell Tech Homes round houses that can withstand a hurricane? You know, like, what are you what are you building with it? And the thing with EOS, too, is that your foundation is always your core values. And that aligns so well with the B Corp community and being mission driven and being values driven. So you can really do whatever you want with EOS. And that's why I was looking for a community that used those tools, but we're doing it based on the B Corp foundation and perspective. And so once we have, we have common language, you know, if we ask one another for a resource or a question, we know it's going to be filtered through both of those things. And so there's a high trust factor within that community. I just love it because I've thought about adopting it for the pure uh, joy of saying no more freely. Um, because it is, you have your priorities for the quarter and unless something like amazingly grease fire comes up that needs to put it like, those are your priorities. That is what you're working on. You have the quarter. Um, so, I mean, in a weird way, like, cause I'm, I'll meet like prospective clients are like, oh yeah, we're ready to go, but it's going to be Q3. Um, it's like <laughs> our, we have our rocks and that's it. And, um, and I'm like, all right, Q3 it is. Uh, 
So I that that it's very that clarifying. Always- it's very clarifying for the team, uh, and I think that's one of the biggest benefits of EOS is the is actually a communication structure. There's a reflection process every quarter to stand back and say how we're doing over where we're going, and so it makes you tie the day to day work to that long term vision of what you're trying to achieve. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges in B Corps is either the mission becomes everything and we don't operate really sound, structural, profitable, sustainable businesses because it's all about the mission. So we chase the mission and we don't put some of the structures and layers in place or the opposite happens. We get so caught in the fire running the day to day that the mission, the vision is kind of this ethereal. Yeah, we're going to change the world, but they're not tied together anymore. And I feel like EOS is the bridge. Um, and that's why, you know, companies tend to bring me in. They're in one of those two places. Um, and so they need to bring those two back together. And the timing of EOS does that every quarter. You literally have to look at your three-year goals and say, where are we? You know, what problems or challenges have come up that in achieving those that we didn't see when we set them? Are they still achievable? What can we do to take a step towards it? Not do everything. Take a step towards it. And the same thing with one year. And then it's like, did we choose the right quarterly rocks? Did we choose the right priorities for the quarter? What didn't we realize? Did we bite off more than we can chew? Very, very common. And that's okay. It, the, well, the goal is not, is not perfect. Not per, the goal is not perfection. The goal is to make progress. So it's 80%. We want to get 80% of our quarterly goals completed. So, and that's, that's the measurement. And it's great, helps break things down so that we can move a little bit further. But the quarterly rocks also do let you respond to things that change. And COVID was a great example. We all had to reset and do things differently and pivot. But we could do that because there was a natural cycle to reflect and then decide what needed to happen, what was critical. And then the team is all completely clear. I know your rocks. You know my rocks. You know whether I'm carrying a company level rock, which means it's one of the three to five priorities for the entire business for the next 90 days or if I'm carrying an individual rock, which is for my role. And it's like, it's very clear. We all know who's working on what, who's gonna need help, what we're trying to get to, and we reiterate that every And I think it's just, when you're doing that towards business as a force for good, it's pretty awesome. No, I love what you said about progress versus perfection too, though, because I think that gets lost. And and I mean, we could go down a whole soapbox rant about, you know, the, the the journey that we're all on to become better versions of ourselves and giving ourselves the grace to not be perfect, but to continue to make. But are we making progress towards the goal? There's a difference between making zero progress and not being perfect and being able to celebrate a win with the team and go back and say, OK, well, but here's what's left and here's where we need to go. And I think the world needs more of that as we tackle what I will call society's most pressing issues after um, a depressing summer and the politicization of everything. (laughs) It's a fun time. It's a fun time to be doing this work. It really does make us pause and say, what difference can we make? What's reasonable within our capabilities? And that's the thing you have to look at and say, what's happening right now? Is it, you know, is it the holidays? You know, are we undertaking a major client project? Are we down staff? Like, what can we reasonably take on to move things forward? And so you always feel like you're making progress and you're always learning. And it makes it so much easier to keep your team on task with you. I think it really helps with burnout because it's like, yeah, we're doing stuff. 
right? I think burnout comes in when you feel like, you know, you're trying to dig a tunnel with a plastic spoon to get somewhere, right? Like it's just, you're, you're just eking it out and you're, that's where the burnout comes from. There's this burden you're carrying without feeling like you're getting anywhere else. Well, there's a, it's interesting too. And I wonder how much that's generational. Cause I remember mm-hmm. hearing, uh, it was, it was an old football coach and, and he was talking about the difference between like when he played in the eighties and then when he was coaching in the two thousands, two thousand teens about this generation wants to know why, yeah, why. And I think you just touched on that a little bit of like, why, why are we doing the thing? What is the goal? How are we tracking towards it versus that old school management approach of like, well, because I'm the boss and I told you to do it. And like that does not fly. And I mean, we're not exactly like spring chickens either, but we're. No, I think he started, you know, with us and Gen X really questioning like why. And that's why, you know, our generation was the slackers, right? Because we wouldn't commit to a company and stay with them forever. Um, and so we change careers. We are more likely to open our own businesses, go out on our own, as you and I have both done in the last couple of years. And there's that why. It has to be connected to something that feels real. And that feels like we're making a difference. Otherwise, we're just turning our wheels and wasting our time and energy. And nobody wants to feel that way. No, I literally have never drawn that parallel before. I was that was a really interesting thought on on the root causes of burnout. We're gonna keep this movement going. We have to make sure we avoid burnout. And that's helping people feel like they're making a difference and see even the smallest wins and celebrating them. I think when we have, yes. when we're tied to this movement and we're trying, we want to see this change happen in the world, it's really hard to feel like we're making progress, particularly um, when we go through periods like we have recently, you know, with the socio-political situation and news and things that are happening. It's really hard to feel like you're making progress. And, and it's hard work. So it's not, it's, it's not a, this isn't a part-time job of what, what people committed to this work have, have signed up for. So that burnout piece is incredibly important. I want to talk about one other thing that um, that you said in the planning call that was very interested. Be it until you see it versus fake it till you make it. You advocate for this idea of being an inclusive, collaborative leader over the notion of faking it. So how does this belief play out in your everyday leadership and decision making? And maybe extrapolate and explain to people who weren't on the planning call exactly what you mean by what I just said. So I like the idea of integrating the things of who you want to be, the leader you're trying to be, the person you're trying to be as you learn and grow, rather than feel like you're faking something until it feels real to you. Do the things, take the steps. So sort of be the person, the leader, the role model, the collaborator that you want to be piece by piece, step by step, until you actually see that coming to fruition. I mean, it's true for me as a parent. If I want to be a more, you know, compassionate and collaborative parent with my soon to be 13 year old, um, you know, I have to try to be that in a moment with her. And then I'd have to try to be that again until I see that relationship developing with her. And I think that's true even as a leader. So sometimes you have to say, okay, I'm going into this conversation, this meeting, this presentation, I'm going to do it this way. And then you'll see what you're trying to build for your team, your company, or for the movement and the work that we do come to fruition. So baby steps, really, but it's not fake if you're doing it. It's authentic, but you're practicing in real time versus just kind of faking being something you think you have to be. It's being authentic 
yeah, you're testing out those skills, right? You're trying these different approaches and then you're getting feedback. You're thinking about it. You're reflecting on it. Ideally, you're going to ask other people collaboratively, right? This is that coalition building to give you input. And then you try it again and again, and then it becomes part of who you are. So this is true if you're trying to change things for your health, right? Be the person, you know, that exercises daily. Okay. And then you'll see that you will become the person that exercises daily because it's just part of your routine. It's just part of how you operate then. But you have to take that first step. That's awesome. And I'm proudly still um, in my gym clothes today. So because I actually went back to the gym for the first time in a while. So I appreciate that analogy today. I'm living it. Um, (laughs) Or it's like, okay, travel sprint over get back in the gym. Exactly. Um, no, that's, it's really interesting. I, I love that. I love that way of framing it too, of, I think it's a more positive way to frame kind of some similar thoughts, but from coming from a more authentic place and a more uh, leadership development perspective than just kind of like, I don't know, one day you'll be a leader. Like, oh, okay, great advice. Thanks boss. Uh- <laughs> and no one wants to be fake or feel fake. Right. And it's just like, you, so do, do the thing your way this one time, try it on, see how it goes. I mean, that's just, you yeah. read a business book, you read a communication book, a leadership book, you take something from it, you try it out, you put it in your toolkit and then it becomes part of who you are over time. If it works for you, it may not. Yeah. And so you discard it, you try something else and that's okay. We have to be learning always as human beings, as leaders. If you're not learning as a person, you're not learning as a leader. I mean, I just, I can't help you if you're not learning as a person. Maybe not yeah, include that no. part. <laughs> but I can't um, help and you. It's, <laughs> and, it's, and as you look at who you surround yourself with, too, I think that's one of the cool parts of this podcast and of hanging out with you and Jared Myers and Anastasia and Twana and all these friends I've made in this space is I've started to proactively surround myself with those types of people who are eager to learn, who are constantly developing skills, who are constantly growing as humans. And I think it pushes you know, anybody that's, I don't know, a younger professional college student listening to this. Like, I think it's hard until you just said that to pinpoint where some of the success comes from. But I think it's surrounding yourself with people who will push you to become a better person. And who will reflect back to you, honestly. You know, I know that you, you know, you're in my circle of people. I can say like, what do you think about this? And I'm going to get honest feedback. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, doing this with my be local. Like, how do you think that's going to work? You know, what is your experience with it? And, you know, and somebody will tell me, Adrian, I don't think that's you. And I'll be like, okay, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And then they can help me integrate it in a way that's authentic. So if you have those people in your circle, you can learn from them and then you can share with them. I mean, I have in my circle of people, this is what I'm reading. This is what I'm watching. This is, you know, the conference I'm going to. We end up doing that naturally, but we don't think about how we're helping each other learn. But we're doing it all the time. Yeah. And we found, surround ourselves with people who actually want to talk about the conferences we're attending. Um, <laughs> so, it was like to, uh, Culture Con was the last one I went to and we were talking, they call everybody culture geeks. And I was like, ooh, love it. Um, great conference, by the way. A little shameless plug for our fellow B Corp Culture Con up in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. 
This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following.